Hello and welcome. My name is Roger Quayle, and you are listening to My Life in the Mosh of Ghosts. Hello there, and welcome back to My Life in the Mosh of Ghosts with me, your host, Roger Quayle, and thank you for joining me. So here we are at the beginning of a new season. It's season five. And the first gig in season five is a big one. Because we're off to see Ornette Coleman and his band Primetime at the rarely visited, well, for me anyway, the rarely visited Crucible Theatre in Sheffield. So here we go. It's Ornette Coleman's Primetime in Sheffield on Wednesday, the 3rd of June, 1981. To the best of my admittedly limited knowledge, Miles Davis never ran the voodoo down Fargate. Not even in a silent way. John Coltrane never rolled his cool train into Sheffield Midlands Station, preferring to express his love supreme elsewhere. So the news that Ornette Coleman saxophone conquistador, musical philosopher and all-round jazz legend, is coming to our city, is a very big deal indeed. To a jazz neophyte like myself, attracted initially by the sharp retro stylings of Blue Note and Impulse LP covers, this is a chance to learn from one of the acknowledged modern masters of the genre. Coleman is bringing his six-piece band, Primetime, to the Crucible Theatre as part of the Radio Hallam Sheffield Jazz Festival. Now in its third year, the fest's previous headliners have included last year's Pharaoh Sanders and, at its debut iteration, Art Blakey's Jazz Messengers. On the face of it, Radio Hallam, with its oatmeal mix of Shaking Stevens and Ario Speedwagon, appears to be a strange bedfellow for a sonic explorer like Coleman. And while I'm still waiting to hear Johnny Moran slip a bit of Ornette on tenor into the breakfast show, it is good to know that behind the scenes there are passionate music fans keen to bring a diverse and unexpected range of sounds and styles to the airwaves and concert stages of South Yorkshire. Tonight's venue, The Crucible, is celebrating its 10th anniversary as the primo destination for Sheffield's serious theatre-goer. Brilliantly and accurately described by local writer Damon Fairclough as an argument in concrete, The Crucible is posh. Local folk with no interest in Shakespeare will pop in just to gawp at the carpet. Hectares of russet red and purple, stretching like an irradiated Iowa, as far as the eye can see. Every year since 1977, this brutalist beauty overlooking Arundel Gate has transformed itself for three weeks in April into the world's most upmarket snooker hall, bringing in 
pop black fans of Ray Reardon and Eddie Charlton, who think Chekhov is a character in Star Trek. We are out in force tonight. There's me, box bandmates Charlie and Paul, Paul's girlfriend Sue, plus Richard Kirk from the cabs and his partner Lynn. We're in the front row, the semi-octagonal stage at our feet. Above us, hundreds of tiny lilylows embedded in the ceiling, dim as primetime take to the stage. For an experimental jazz newbie like me, the music of Ornette Coleman has been a welcoming port of entry. Firstly, he has a cool name. Would my curiosity be as aroused by Terry Coleman? Reg Coleman? Probably not. Secondly, Ornette looks the part. He is the distinctive man with the plastic horn. A reference to the cream-coloured acrylic plastic Grafton alto sax he was pictured with in the early 60s. Lastly, just look at the album titles. The Shape of Jazz to Come. This is our music. Free Jazz. These are more than just records. These are manifestos. 33 RPM rallying cries I feel I can lend my voice to. So much for the look, but what about the music? Charlie, endlessly patient and unfailingly helpful with my questions about jazz, has tried to explain Ornette Coleman's theory of harmelodics to me. Given that I am a self-taught drummer who cannot read a note of music, this is something of a challenge. But loosely, as I understand it, the players know where a piece will begin and end, but within those loose parameters, it is pretty much a free-for-all. Traditional rules of harmony, melody, tone and time slip their moorings, and the music is free to drift in any direction it wants. Primetime are described as a double trio. What this looks like on the Crucible stage is a game of three aside. Two sets of drums, guitar and bass, all emphatically electric, mirror each other for kickoff, with Ornette stage centre as the referee. The soccer field is added to by some ultra-chic football-shaped fold-back monitors at the player's feet. Smartly dressed in a crisp white suit, Coleman looks every inch the innovator, both sonically and sartorially. A receding hairline, leaving an oxbow lake of forehead fuzz, is the only sign of ageing on a man just entering his sixth decade. Primetime are togged out in a streetwise assortment of sharp threads, natty shirts and sports attire. They are, to a man, what Keith Richards of the Rolling Stones would describe as cats. One of the two drummers, rat-a-tat-tatting from his foxhole of wood and metal, is Ornette Coleman's son, 
Donado. Four years older than me, Donado debuted on one of his dad's albums aged just 10 years old. I have never seen anyone play the drums with the sense of unfettered glee and wild freedom that the younger Coleman brings to his assault. He's like a child sat in a paddling pool, smacking the water, thrilled by the shock of the splash. Aside from the grinning Donado, the rest of the band do not put on much of a show. Ornette starts with a riff or melodic lick, neck muscles expanding and contracting like bellows, which the rest of the band then set about deconstructing or embellishing as they see fit, each heading off on mazy solo explorations. Everyone is concentrating on their frets, one ear on what they're playing, the other listening to the leader. It's an agitated dance of iron filings drawn to an irresistible, ever-moving magnet. Primetime have an album called Dancing In Your Head, and this is what they appear to be doing. Cerebral bops of joy. In the Crucible, no one is dancing. Though a few have made a lightning shimmy back out to the foyer, distressed by the rock band level of volume at which primetime operate. But you could dance to this music, because while all the players seem to be going at it full pelt in their own silos, what emerges en masse is remarkably cohesive. There's funk, there's rock, even elements of calypso here and there. They play one I recognise, Homegrown, off Body Meter, an album I've borrowed from Charlie and Taped. Homegrown has a jaunty, sing-song refrain, the kind you might hear on an ice cream van. If said, Cornet Purveyor was selling 99s on the off-world colonies. After just over an hour, Ornette Satisfied that Primetime have completed another urgent, uninhibited exchange in what he calls the oldest language, leads his interpreters from the stage. The Crucible audience rises as one, sending them off to rapturous applause. Burning white-hot anthracite, the Coleman has delivered. Thirsty for pints, we decide to skip the evening's co-headliner, the easy-rolling township blues of pianist Dollar Brand, and head up West Street to the Beehive. We're all still buzzing as we move on to the limit. Charlie, who knows more about music than the rest of us put together, reckons that the last time he saw Ornette, at the Bracknell Jazz Festival in 78, just shaded tonight's gig. Even Paul, the most jazz sceptic of us, has emerged unharmed from his first live harmonic experience. The next day, on the bus on the way to work, 
I find a flyer in my jacket pocket for forthcoming plays at the Crucible. There's a comedy by Alan Bleasdale called No More Sitting on the Old School Bench. No more sitting around for the box either. Inspired by Ornette Coleman and Primetime, we've got work to do. The Radio Hallam Jazz Festival, booked and supported by Steve Crocker and Bill MacDonald at the station, ran until 1984. Moving away from the Crucible, down to the Leadmill for the last two years. Ornette Coleman, in a recording career that spanned the 1950s to the 1990s, released 25 studio albums and more than 20 live albums. Ornette died aged 85 in 2015. You have been listening to My Life in the Mush of Ghosts with me, your host, Roger Quayle. Thank you, as always, to Simon Elliott Kemp and Rena. Additional thanks on this episode to Nigel Floyd, Damon Fairclough, Steve Crocker, Charlie Collins and Paul Widger. Please join me again next time for another episode. Until then, this is Roger Quayle saying thank you listeners and bye-bye.